Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Association Leadership Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Association Leadership Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have Julie Swartz, and she is with Employees Assistance Professionals Associations, IPA. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about IPA. How are you serving folks? So EPA is the Employees Assistance Professionals Association, otherwise known as EAPs. And in the private sector, about 84% of American companies have an EAP on staff. And in the government world, it's about 90%. Yet uh, those 74 million people don't always seem to recognize that this is a benefit that comes with part of their package uh, for employment, and it's a great resource. EAPs are like the unsung heroes of our corporate world. They're there to help individuals who are struggling with mental health issues, maybe depression, anxiety, addiction, if you're dealing with workplace violence, or um, maybe a, a uh, maybe need a treatment center, maybe you've got an issue with domestic violence or childcare. They're there to help you, and they are amazing individuals who get don't get a lot of credit and definitely not overpaid. And uh, we're here to talk about them and and uh, the great work that they do. And EPA is their association that supports them and helps them grow as professionals. And then uh, a person that becomes an employee assistance professional, is that part of HR? Like, how are they involved with the organization? Usually, just like a um, another benefit, like retirement person or a medical benefit, EAPs um, are a variety of different ways, and they can either work full-time for a, a specific company, so they're on staff at a hospital or a corporation, or maybe they get contracted out. So maybe the corporation hires an outside company such as Beacon or LifeWorks or Sun EAP to hire them to be providing services to assess and to refer out to help solve whatever problem is going on with the employee. And then study after study has shown us that when employees reach out and ask for help, we can keep them in their jobs and make them productive long-term employees, which is both good for the employee, their families, and for the corporate world. So how did kind of employee assistance professionals come about? What's the history of this? Did, were they uh, kind of bubble up from the corporation or from the government? How did, how did it ha- occur? Neither of those. They actually, their um, roots were in uh, addiction, starting out in Alcoholics Anonymous kind of area. And if you go to our website at eapassn.org, you can see the whole history there. But uh, um, really, its roots uh, were specifically in helping individuals battle alcohol addiction in the 50s and 60s. Eventually, uh, EPA was born in 1980 to help support uh, all those individuals that were growing professions um, in making this something that every corporation should have and every employee should have access to. Now, when uh, a company is deciding uh, to have an employee assistance professional, what are some of the, like, what would be a reason not to have one? 
Well, there is a cost to it, just like uh, bringing on medical benefits for your employees or bringing on retirement programs. There is a cost, but a recent study, we have a study called Workplace Outcome Suites, which recently showed us that most cases, they're 1% or less than the benefits budget. So they're really a great bargain. And um, overall, the statistics are telling us they are doing amazing work. They are helping people be more engaged in the work that they do. They're helping prevent turnover. They're helping them deal with their issues so that they can stay productive on a job. Also, you know, if you think about today's news, you know, if preventing gun violence or if something happens, helping solve and prevent PTSD on the other side of a critical incident. Unfortunately, that's the reality. Someone commits suicide, a gun is brought to work, uh, something happens in the home front. These are the folks that are helping to deal with these critical issues. And let me tell you, COVID's been no friend to the EAPs. So many people working at home in isolation, very high rates, depression and anxiety. <clears throat> and and the way that an EAP uh, helps is that they become a resource for the employee to help them if they're struggling in one of these areas? Exactly. So maybe they might help them get counseling. Maybe they might help them get the help of a psychiatrist or a treatment center. They might help them find a resource to deal with domestic violence. They might help them even find child care centers that might fit into their their financial needs and employee package. And this is one of those things that once the employee is aware of a benefit like this, I would imagine they become more loyal and uh, the retention improves. Exactly. Unfortunately, we still have a tremendous stigma with mental health issues these days. And ourselves and our association partners are working very hard to try and break down that stigma. You know, no one have a problem saying, I'm going to the doctor because I broke my leg. But going to the problem, going to the doctor or the therapist is a lot less comfortable. But the good thing about EAPs is it's usually available at work. It's usually and it's always confidential unless there's a crisis situation. But EAPs can also get individuals into badly needed uh, care much faster than outside uh, medical benefits will help you get to a psychiatrist or psychologist. So um, we're hearing about three to four months to get a psychologist or psychiatrist. Uh, They're just so overwhelmed out there. Whereas an EAP, if there's a real need, they can help do it usually in a matter of days to weeks. Now, what about um, kind of coaches? Do you help in that area or do you kind of draw a line of this has to be kind of a uh, physician-led interaction? Well, many EAPs are counselors themselves, but there's a very fine line that if they're referring and assessing, assessing, excuse me, assessing and referring, they are not doing the counseling themselves. They're usually putting that out and referring that to someone else in the mental health fields. Most of our EAPs are licensed social workers, psychologists, counselors, therapists, uh, nurses even. Um, sometimes they even have their second second careers. They've found a calling in the EAP world. So they're really an amazing group of individuals who have received a whole lot of training and now are really putting it right into the daily workspace. Now, as a leader of this group, are you spending a lot of time kind of coaching up your EAPs or is it educating kind of corporations and government uh, about the services that an EAP can uh, provide? So most of our time in leadership is spent 
working to educate and develop our EAPs as professionals. We have a certification program called the SEEP. And also we provide a number of educational opportunities in a variety of areas, anything from uh, understanding what's going on with marijuana across the states, uh, understanding different aspects of uh, psychedelics. Um, how do you deal with counseling someone who's addressing the current crisis issues, abortion, gun violence? All those issues are right up front with our counselors. Um Additionally, we run an annual conference. This year's conference is going to be in Norfolk, Virginia, October 7th through 9th. So we're really excited about that. And then we do things like we create, uh, we are part of a uh, team that is advocating on the federal level for positive mental health advocacy. Um, and we are really looking to bring on the next generation of EAPs. Um, I hate to tell you, but a lot of our folks and myself are beginning to see that gray on the roof. And we're, we're really hopeful that we can reach out to the next generation of social workers, counselors, and really think about, get them to think about EAP as a career choice. Really? So that's a challenge that I would think that this would be an area that a lot of people are drawn to because it, it number one, it's helping so many people. And, that, you know, there's so many more service minded people, I would think today that they would want to kind of feel good about their day each day. I think it's one of those best kept secrets. 74 million people have EAPs as part of their benefits package, yet we don't have anywhere near percentage of 74 million people. Very, It's much lower than it should be. And I think it's because one of the social stigma and two, I think people don't realize that they have, have an EAP available and what that means. And I think the biggest successes we've seen have been when CEOs embrace EAP work. They get out there and say, you know, we all need some help sometimes. We're all human beings. No matter where you are in the globe, we are there and we are needing help. And I reach out for help. We recommend that you do. We want to keep you for around for a long time and we want to see all your challenges met. And uh, uh, I use the EAP. Why don't you join me when you need that? And by a, a CEO being able to say that, it goes a long, long way. Also, regular uh, uh, seminars and promotion of that the EAP program is there at work has gone a long way as well. In conjunction with wellness programs such as meditation and yoga, all those are wonderful. But having that mental health issue is really a, a, a benefit that's second to none. So now, is there... Uh is there a program for like young people in college so they can learn about being an EAP as a career choice? There is not enough programs in college and we would love to have more, you know, we'd love to reach out to We're trying to reach to many uh, academics to get them getting EAP as part of their curriculum, especially in social work and as part of counseling or uh, uh, work as a nurse or a therapist. We really believe that um, it would be a great asset to their their curriculum, and it would help introduce the profession to a lot of people who don't even realize it exists. People who have it as a benefit don't realize it exists, so young people definitely don't because they usually aren't working at corporations that have that kind of support system. So the, the, the EAPs that exist right now and are working, are they sometimes solopreneurs, like they're, that's their business and they're serving a variety of um, you know, industries? Industry or government uh, government offices within their where they're located. Is that how it works, or they're part of a, a like kind of a mega company that does EAP as a service for lots of people? 
So a quick answer is yes. <laughs> we have single practitioners that hang out their shingle and will take on clients as referred. And we have individuals who are hybrid. We have individuals who work in union situations right in on shop floors and understand what's going on day to day with with the employees. We have individuals who work remotely on large, large corporations such as Beacon Health, LifeWorks. Um, some Magell, some to name a few. So we have every kind of work situation you can imagine. Some 100% remote online that you would reach out to someone on a phone or a Zoom, or some are in person and some are hybrid. But the, the important aspect is that we want to make sure that people know they're there for them and that they can reach out. Confidentiality applies and then they're there 100% of the time. Now, um, if if an EAP is out there, are they kind of an automatic member of your association or is this something that you would like them to join uh, to be part of, you know, the greater good here and everybody helping everybody? So they have to join, but there is a benefit to being a member of EPA. Um, all our educational programs, our certification program, our conference all that, all those items are all tremendously discounted. We teach a full course load of EAP education and professional mental health education, and it's a great way to get those get those hours in. Additionally, um, on bigger things such as our conference, we can go out and get the approval of social work and ASW or um, different uh, other associations so that if you're a social worker and you need credits to keep your license, you can come to an EPA event and still get social work uh, professional development hours. So uh, we hope that uh, individuals come on out and uh, who are EAPs and become members. Uh, a couple other things that we do, we offer um, every Wednesday, and this was started back two years ago at the beginning of the pandemic, every Wednesday we have usually about 100 EAPs dial into a Zoom call, and there's a facilitator and a topic, but it's an opportunity for them to share best practices, to almost let their hair down and be comfortable among each other and to hear what other people are going through. And it's really wonderful to have one EAP who's struggling hear that they're not alone. The other thing we've been doing is at the beginning of the year, we gave 16 weeks of, we called them free Friday webinars for members. You get 16 professional development hours, CEUs, um, just by coming every Friday and learning a new topic. So um, we try Try and provide as much support as we can for our members, and uh, we even find niches. There's a specific group of EAPs in healthcare, uh, EAPs in uh, various aspects uh, in the government, and if we can help them facilitate them getting together, higher education together, especially around our conference, it's really a great experience. And then there's also local branches uh, that uh, an EAP can join and become part of that local community as well? Absolutely. We have chapters throughout the country and they're all volunteer led and they develop their own professional education as well as mentoring. And then we are actually in officially in nine other countries. We call them branches and uh, Asia being the most popular, uh, Japan and China and Taiwan, very active uh, branches of EPA. And then there are other places in the world that we are trying to make headway in. We actually have had members in over 40 countries in the world. 
Now, um, I would imagine if you're an EAP and what better way to kind of plug into your community and learn just from people, the good, the bad, the ugly about what's going on, how to grow my practice, what other services are out there or I and learn about it and be able to get credentials to increase my value. And it just seems like a no brainer for anybody that's an EAP. Well, we hope we hope to get in front of everybody and hope they agree with you on that point. And, you know, any profession, whether you're a doctor in the AMA or a nurse in the ANA or any uh, profession, it's always best to join your association. Together, we are stronger. We can find a common voice. We can find what is most uh, advantageous for that profession. And our, we're always to say all associations are nonprofits. So we are owned and operated by a volunteer board of directors. No one gets paid to be on the board of directors. They give a tremendous amount of hours. And we have a number of committees people volunteer on, whether it's to develop the conference or to support membership or specific task force. Currently, we're actually working on redoing our website. I actually have 973 pages being reviewed by volunteers to make sure they're accurate before they go onto the new website. It's a great way to build friendships, networks, support systems, mentors. Association work has just been a wonderful um, boom for my personal ethics and goals of my career. Now, can you share a piece of advice, maybe for that young person out there that hasn't... Um you know, kind of really leveraged the association to its fullest. What are some things you would do if you were um, coaching a young person that's um, an employee assistance professional and they join, they just joined, what are some of the things they should do to really kind of wring out the most value from their membership? So I would highly recommend coming to those Wednesday, uh, we call them Wednesday wellness sessions, where you can get to meet and see a whole bunch of folks and build a little network. I also recommend coming to our conference where you can build one-on-one opportunities to really find that person that's going to share with you their vision and how they got there. You can see the the best of what they do and, and is really an impressive group. And they're, what's always amazing is they're so willing to share their time, their expertise, their talents, and they really want to see the next generation come on. So they are more than welcoming in bringing on new folks. Additionally, we have a great certification program. We've just converted it in the last year to five learning modules where you can sit in the comfort of your home in your jammies and, and learn about EAP work and then take a test. And each time you do that for five modules. And then if you, you're not already an experienced EAP, you can go through our mentoring program where you can learn a lot of different areas by experienced professionals. And in the end, you will have a network, you will have a certification, and you will have resources for questions, concerns, challenges. It'd be everything you need. And then we expect you to get involved and start leading us for the future. Right. And that's an important thing that joining is great, but you have to get involved, right? You have to take action. You have to kind of volunteer and uh, demonstrate kind of your passion and your intelligence and your skills. Quite often, many things in life are what you you get out of it, what you put into it. And I think associations are definitely along those lines. They Most people who I've talked to in this association love what they do and are passionate about it, but they are also passionate about the work EPA does. And we couldn't have formed, developed, and been supportive to the next generation. You know, the staff are not 
we're, we are nonprofit professionals. We are not EAPs. We expect EAPs to deliver and determine our direction, our course load, our whatever the next generation of EAPs need. That is all generated by professionals. Now, is there a story you could share about um, the impact an EAP has made on an organization that you're aware of and maybe help them get to a new level? Well, I'll tell you two stories about me personally. So the reason I took this position was, one, um, I had a good friend of mine, still do, good friend of mine who realized that she was struggling with alcohol. And she went to her uh, EAP at her work. And they helped her get clean and sober. And she is a recovering alcoholic to this day, clean and sober and and having her best life. And that's the bottom line is helping workers have their best life. And in addition, I also have a relative who is actually dealing with a very um, stressful mental health issue. And it turned out uh, he was bipolar, but he didn't know this at the time, went to work and was really suicidal and called his EAP. And they walked him into a mental health facility where he was able to get diagnosed and followed and treated on medication. And he is a very happy and now a productive employee of um, his company. So those are the kind of success stories I, I personally have witnessed. I also heard about a great story about an individual um, who was struggling at a West Coast University and uh, the um, EAP was kind of on like a almost like a retainer when they thought they really needed assistance, they would call them. So this university department called them and they said, you know, this this gentleman's not doing well. He's struggling in his position and he keeps talking about his guns and his coworkers are really getting nervous. So um, the AP came in and met with them and they had a long conversation and I'm making this sound much quicker and easier than it was, but it was an extensive conversation about what his goals were, what the challenges of the job were. And in the long run, they decided it would have been a great time for him to retire and he could go out with medical benefits and, you know, nice money package and respect of his coworkers and his, and his supervisors. And it was time. And together they walked down to the HR office. They got the gentleman all the paperwork done and he left with respect and happiness as opposed to the scenarios where someone feels very disrespected and, and underappreciated and they decide to come back with their guns and find their boss or whoever else in the way. And then you have nothing but tragedy. You have heartbreak, you have um, violence in the workplace and there's, there's no win. And in the long run, that um, little bit invested in the benefits budget uh, saves a lot, a lot of tragedy, lawsuits, money, heartache, and stress and production of an organization. So, you know, EAPs, as I said, were are often the unsung heroes. Absolutely. I mean, the impact is real. Um, so if there's an EAP out there that wants to learn more about the association or, or a corporate uh, organization or government or organization that wants to learn more, what is the website for the association? So it's eapassn.org. So eapassn.org. eapassn.org. Well, Julie, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing such important work and we appreciate you. Thank you so much. We appreciate the opportunity to share the great work EAPs are doing throughout the world. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Association Leadership Radio.